Welcome to Entrepreneurs of Christ, a podcast for men who want to escape the day job and answer the call to entrepreneurship, all while building your relationship with Christ. Now, it's, it's my belief that, yes, you really can build a relationship with God through your business. And I actually think that that is one of the best ways to do so. There is so many faith building experiences that come with building a business. And in this interview that I have with Ryan Chapman, you will see this in so many instances. And it is going to be a common theme that you'll see because as a Christian man, as a, as a member of the church, we believe that God can give us personal revelation. And so for those of you, though, that may have other hardships that you face, I think that this episode will be particularly powerful because Ryan has faced some challenges that are even like recent so we'll dive into what those are and you'll you'll see this, but he is an amazing individual, amazing man that we can learn a lot from. So let's dive into this interview with Ryan Chapman. All right, everybody, this is Tyson Bradley and I'm here with Ryan Chapman and one of the things that we are going to just dive into is kind of learning about his story and his experience. And I'm really excited to to speak with him because he has some unique things that have even happened as of late that I think there's powerful lessons within these uh, experiences that he's had. Uh, so we're going to dive into his entrepreneurial journey. And Ryan, the first question I have is, is when did you know you first wanted to be an entrepreneur? You know, my dad was self-employed, and so it was kind of something that almost was inherited unconsciously that I would be self-employed. I mean, my desire to earn money for myself started with a paper route back when that was something a kid could do, you know. And so I did paper routes. I would mow lawns. I would, you know, even do landscaping, you know, anything I could do, wash cars, detail cars, you know, just there's a lot of different things that we, that, you know, I would do sometimes with my brothers because I'm uh, the oldest of 13 siblings, but there's nine boys. And so, you know, the, a lot of my brothers, I would do projects with, like we would detail cars together and stuff like that. It was really, I guess, from a young age, I figured I was probably going to be an entrepreneur. The idea of working for somebody was never really on my radar. I did have a couple of jobs, you know, working for people. And they just reinforced that desire that I wanted to be in charge of my own ship, so to speak. So did you go to school, like college? Yeah, you know, there was a moment where one of my brothers said, hey, let's go be dentists together. And uh, so we started school. At that time, I'd already already had a child and he was married. So I had not gone to school right after coming home from my mission because that wasn't something I was going to do. But he said, let's become dentists together. So I was like, okay, let's do it. 
And so started going to school. He went to a semester and he goes, this is not for me. And he bailed. I continued on and got all the way three years through until Mm -hmm. there was an opportunity that was presented to me that seemed way more interesting than continuing school. So I bailed on school at that point. That opportunity ended up fizzling out in a couple of months after I jumped into it. And that left me in a position of not having any way to take care of my family. So I took a little side job, you know, helping a guy that was selling premium goods on eBay that he bought from wholesales. And so that got me kind of interested in that. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do that. But then I ran into the reality I had no capital. So that was kind of out of the question. But then I thought, and I asked him, I said, would you mind if I taught people how to do what you're doing? So I inadvertently started to try to get into the information business. And uh, they had a, a number of crash and burns. I wasn't quite ready for that at that point in time. But that got me studying and interested in selling on the internet. And so that was something that would eventually come into play down the road. You know, I I had a number of different pursuits that I tried in entrepreneurship, all of which didn't really pan out great. Fortunately, because my dad was a a contractor, I built and sold the house after living in a couple of years to generate a big profit right before the collapse of 2007. And uh, that had given me enough capital just to try out things and try and figure out some things, which uh, none of them really worked until finally I ran into a friend named Travis Tolstrup, who I'm sure you'll interview if if you haven't yet. He's a member of the church. And he introduced me to two things that changed my life. And the first one was direct response marketing through Dan Kennedy. And the second thing was marketing automation through Infusionsoft, which is now known as Keep. And uh, these two assets were sort of like the missing pieces. Because as I'd gone through each failure of trying to start a business and having it not really work out, you learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. And so I, don't, I wouldn't want anybody to think that you just go into business and immediately you're successful. This is what I tell to all my brothers, too, is I tell them, you're going to go to school one way or the other. You just have to decide what school it's going to be. So if you choose to go to you know, university, then you're going to get that education and it, it's going to give you certain opportunities. If you choose not to go to university, don't think that you're not going to have to learn. You're, you've just chosen a more expensive school. And there's no guarantees that on the backside of that school, you're going to even turn out to have learned what you need to learn unless you put forth the effort. But it was in 2007, I just sold my house, moved back down to California and uh, met Travis Tolstrup playing basketball, started learning direct response marketing, started learning about marketing automation. And my brother, Trent, who is, uh, he's number five in the family, he uh, came to me and said, hey, I've got an idea for a business. Will you partner up with me? Because he had seen me go through all these lessons. You know, I'd learned how to code. I'd, so I was a developer. I'd learned this direct response marketing, and I'd learned this marketing automation stuff. And uh, he knew that I had some skills that he, he would need in the business. 
And so we partnered up and we were in the right place at the right time, which timing is really important in business as well. Mm-hmm. You've got to pick the right market. You want to pick a market that has a real problem, a problem that they recognize that they have, and then that is serious enough that they're willing to part with money to, to address that problem. And so the problem that we found was real estate agents trying to close short sales in uh, 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. all the way through 2012. And uh, so that business we knew was going to be short-lived because it was dependent upon a, an event that was going on in the marketplace. But we immediately went from zero. He, I mean, he put $237 into some binders and paper. That was our initial capital outlay. And 12 months, we had done $1.3 million in business. And it was a a high profit margin business. And so it was info business. We were teaching people how to do things. But we also combined it with a software. So it became a conglomerate of software, education. And then eventually, we would do live coaching, you know, done for you marketing you know, just adding on some natural things that were fit to that business. Now, is that the uh, fixture funnel as it, as it is now or what? No, uh, that, that what? was known as short sale genius. Okay. And um, that business taught us the, a couple of things. One of them was that we didn't really want to work with real estate agents long-term. <laughs> Nothing against real estate agents, but we just, we just didn't want to work with them because they didn't treat the business as a business. They were kind of lackadaisical about it. And that wasn't who we wanted to work with. We, we, we enjoyed working with small business owners that got serious about their business. And so while Short Sale Genius was still going, I started developing tools for our own business that we discovered other people that were in the marketing automation world, specifically Infusionsoft users, were interested in. Mm-hmm. So we had automated direct mail. We had automated one-click upsells. We, so we created some little tools like this that were valuable to people in our market. They started asking how they could get what we had. And so I started selling some of those things under the name, brand name, Fix Your Funnel. And um, that was good. But then in 2012, you know, that started about 2009 with the one-click upsells. And then in 10, we added the direct mail through send out cards. But then in 2012, we, someone had asked us to do an integration with a short code texting provider. Mm-hmm. And so we did that and um, that was interesting and it was pretty good, but we also recognized there are quite a few limitations to short code. And so about that time, somebody introduced us to being able to use normal phone numbers for texting that we could control with code. And so we went to the short code provider and we said, hey, look, at, we know we did this integration with you, but we're wanting to do an integration with normal phone numbers because we think that's going to be better for small business owners. Yeah. And uh, we said, we, we won't do it if you don't agree to it, but if you agree to it, we'd like to do it because we wanted to honor you know, their business and the fact that they'd come to us to do the integration for their business. And they said, you know, actually, this is great timing. We decided we want to get out of the small business market. We're focusing more on like businesses like Sonic and Jamba Juice. So we want to stay in that market and we'd like to get out of the small business market. So you can take 
all of our small business customers and just convert them over. And we were like, great. Sweet. That uh, works out well. So we started doing uh, texting and the, the three businesses that we've since formed with my brother Trent are all texting centric. So one services keep or Infusionsoft as it used to be. Another one is its own CRM. And then the third one uh, works with other CRMs like Active Campaign and HubSpot okay. and Drip and things like that. Okay. So, you know, throughout your journey, and like you, you mentioned that there were things that you started up, things that you failed at. I feel like what I see with many, with many of the clients that I work with is that some of the primary challenges to them getting even started into business is that one is like clients. It's like they, they don't know how to get them or they aren't sure they're even going to be out there. Two is, yeah. is, you know, the capital. And like you had mentioned, the three is, is the clock. It's just, you know, how do I make time for this when I've got family and I've got a church calling and I've got my day job? And so I don't know if any of these loomed large for you, but what were we, what would you say were yeah, some of you your know, big challenges? For me, I had made the decision I was going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So the question wasn't, am I going to do it? The question was, how am I going to do it? And I think that's mm. an important mindset to get into is how am I going to do it? Not, am I going to do it? Because am I going to do it gives you an exit. And if you give yourself an exit, believe it or not, you'll take it almost every time. So there has to be almost a burn the ships type of mentality when it comes to going into entrepreneurship. You have to kind of make that commitment. But here's one of the things that's great about having the gospel is being an entrepreneur is one of the most spiritual experiences you'll have in your life. Because unlike with a job, you don't have this perception of somebody, you know, protecting your future. You think you have security when you have a job. And that security comes from the man who owns and operates that business. And you're at their whim, really. So at any point in time, they could get rid of you because they don't see that they need you anymore. So there isn't really security there, but it's perceived security. And you really are relying, in a sense, upon the arm of flesh. But when you go into business for yourself, there is nobody but you and God. And I'm going to get a little emotional about this just because you're going to have some moments where you you're going to be bearing out your soul to God, asking for help and direction if you commit to it and you have to trust him. And what I noticed through my journey is somehow we always had food on the table. Even though, you know, I had questions like, well, where am I going to get customers? Where am I going to get clients? I had questions about how, how do I even do this? Like, I don't even know what, what I'm doing. You know, I had many nights where I'm staring at the ceiling at 4 a.m. going, I've got this family, I've got five little ones, and uh, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, God, what, what am I doing here? Help me out. And so you're going to have those moments. But if you trust in him and you, you put him first, meaning, you know, you pay your tithing always, never, never compromise on your commitments to the Lord. He'll make sure that you always have enough. You may not be wealthy, but you always have enough as you, you get to that point where you, you may become wealthy. And that's what I've noticed is it's a very spiritual experience. And as I trusted in God, he would lead me to the next lesson that I needed. So as I look back on my journey, it's a series of lessons. 
and each of them exposing something else that I didn't know. And so it put me on then this quest, so to speak, to find that next piece of the puzzle, right? So after I had raised money from friends and family for a little software company that happened to be 10 years too early, you know, my clientele didn't even have the internet, much less, you know, the ability to do what I needed them to do. And I just had, I didn't know to go look at the market and see if they existed, you know, see if that was just a lesson I hadn't learned. So I learned that lesson, but then I also learned by having to pay a marketing consultant 21 grand and getting a postcard that gave away a free dinner that I needed to learn marketing. That wasn't something that I could leave out of my thing. You know, I kind of knew sales. I need to learn marketing. So, you know, I go to play basketball and I run into this guy who I get paired up with because I'm six, seven, he's six, nine. So the two tallest guys always get paired against each other. He's draining three point shots. Like he's Larry Bird. And I'm just like, come on, dude, we're supposed to battle it out the key. And so anyways, he played so aggressively that I, I'm always curious about how something on the court matches up with real life. So I had to ask him, what do you do? And his first comment he said was, I'm a marketing consultant. Well, I was totally turned off on marketing consultants because that 21 grand mistake I made. (laughs) And so I kind of started to turn away. And then he said, but I'm also a marketing coach. I go, okay, take me by the credit card and teach me what I need to know. Yeah. And so he did exactly that. And, um, you know, so I learned that lesson of direct response marketing. And he just happened to slip in marketing automation by accident, which turned out to be another you know, big key to our success. That was why we were able to go from zero to 1.3 million right. in 12 months is because we had leveraged automation. And I thought um, we'd go to the conferences that this company, the software company put on. And I thought, man, everybody in this room is doing a million dollars plus. And I had no idea that that was not the case. A lot of the people had the software, but they didn't have the marketing. So you got to have the marketing. You have to have that. But these were all things that God led me to. You know, my wife suggested she because she could tell I was stressed out. She goes, you're stressed out. You need to go play basketball. So she's the one that told me to go wake up early and go play basketball in the first place, which which you'll find is your spouse is usually a big source of inspiration from Heavenly Father because you're too busy being dumb to sometimes hear <laughs> what he's trying to tell you. So sometimes he'll go through your spouse to get you know, your attention and tell you what you need to do. But, you know, th- that was divine providence that led me to get that education that I needed to filled out the final part of my, you know, right. primary education. Right. And, you know, um, one thing that, uh, that you mentioned is just, you know, it's interesting just to hear your story because you can see the skills that, you developed along the way that enabled kind of your latest business, the one that's kind of been kind of the primary breadwinner for, for you in terms of kind of the, the yeah. biggest success. So one thing also that I, that I want to mention, and I think that what's nice, or at least what might be an advantage of, of your upbringing is that you kind of grew up in a world where your dad was kind of his own, he was an entrepreneur like he had his own business. And, you know, lately I've been reading a lot about, you know, identity and, and that being really one of the keys of just changing and you becoming someone different. Because right now, so many people, they just associate as the employee, as someone who's working for another and trying to just be the best employee that they can be versus being 
an entrepreneur and having that be a decision of who you want to be. And that seems to be something that was kind of um, either latent within you. You're just like, oh yeah, this is who I am. So it's easy for me to make this step and to move forward. Whereas for others who may not identify as an entrepreneur, that could be difficult. And so, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was just how if you have a, a desire to pursue a business or you've had a dream to create something, you have skills, you have knowledge, you have things that you want to, to sell or create, it's my belief that those are from God, that those are impressions, those are um, indicators of this part of you that wants to create something more with your life. Yeah, so, and I think you, when you get those, you, you need to pay attention to them because God doesn't tend to talk to you twice. He tends to talk to you once about what you need. And if you listen and follow it, then you're going to be in good shape. But if you don't, then you're going to end up being at a point of regret at some point in the future. So you need to take those promptings seriously because that, that's just the way revelation tends to work. Right. Now, when you were... Um building kind of the the latest the fixture funnel what became fixture funnel like what yeah. what happened when you really started like gaining traction what did that look like well so it was really a slow you know it, it's a software as a service so it's a monthly subscription you know when we were working with our short sale genius business we were selling a $1200 package right and uh so if you're if each sale is $1200 that's a very different business experience than if each transaction is $50. Yeah. Cuz you need a lot more $50 to get to 1200, you know, if you know what I mean. So and getting customers is always the hard part in any business and so it was really slow going and so I had to do things that I didn't want to do in order to supplement that. So I started doing consulting, you know, cuz you know, having built a very successful business, that business ended up getting to where it was doing like three, four million a year, you know, short sale genius did. And so having built a very successful business very quickly, there's things I know that are very valuable for other people to know. And so, you know, I resorted to sharing that knowledge. I say resorted to because I hate trading time for money. That's, you know, something that you'd end up doing as an employee you agree to a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time. And I really hate that because as a business owner, what I want to do is I want to gain leverage so that I'm not, my time is not a factor in how much money I'm making. It's immaterial. And that's kind of what you, you work toward as an entrepreneur is where your time is not equal to money anymore. But in the early days of fix your funnel in order to make things work, because I had employees I believe really strongly in having a team, developing a team as soon as you can, yeah. because a, a team gives you leverage because now you can do more than what you can do. A team allows you to not focus on the things that aren't going to make the company money. You can let somebody else do the things that are not, that are important, but not valuable. And so, you know, I had a team that I needed to support. And so I just took on these consulting jobs in the early days to bring in, you know, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 chunks that would allow us to survive while we're building up the $50, you know, charges to the point where, you know, it actually was exciting. Yeah. You got to be willing to do things that need to be done. 
you know, you can't be, I don't know a better word for it, but prissy, you know, you, you can't, you can't be above certain things when you're trying to build something. You, you got to be willing to get in there, get your hands dirty and do whatever you need to do in order to keep the business afloat. And so you may say, look, at, here's what I really want is I want a business with a strong recurring revenue because I really like recurring revenue businesses because they separate time from the equation. So you may say, oh, that's what I really want. Like insurance, you know, if you wanted to start an insurance agency, that's that's a recurring revenue model. You know, you're getting people to subscribe to the insurance and you get a commission for that based on their paying their subscription. Well, that takes time to build up. And so you've got to be able to be flexible enough that you go, okay, well, what else could I do in addition to that that would allow me to survive, you know, pay for my, the food that needs to be put on the table, you know, take care of the kids in the way they need to be taken care of and uh, take care of your spouse in the way that respects and honors them. And so you, this is why I think if you're going to build a business, the best time to do it is when you're young. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to probably have to do some work a full day, you know, whatever that is. Maybe if you're trying to start this as a, on the side, you, maybe you work a full day and then you've got your family commitments and then you have your church commitments. And then maybe by 930, you finished everything that you needed to do with that. And now you, it's time to start your side job and you're going to work from 930 until 2 a.m. And you may have to do that for a couple of few months in order to get things kind of going. That's what you got to be willing to do up front so that on the backside, you can be in the position I find myself in, which is where I'm a business owner. Me not showing up to work is not influencing how much I get paid as a result of what's going on in the business. The business operates independent of me, so to speak. And so that's kind of where you want to be able to get towards. But to do that, you really have to be willing to burn the, the midnight oil at the beginning. You know, and this was part of my experience was, you know, I, me having a full-time job and then I would be, you know, setting aside an hour in the evening. And, and one of the things that I really focused on was really organizing my time in such a way that I could get all the work done at work, you know, faster. And then I could get my business work done. And it's kind of one of the, the pillars that I try and help all my clients focus on at first is, you know, how can you create time with these obligations? Because when you first start out, if you want to do it in maybe what we might call the safer, secure way where you're just building up the business on the side while your full-time job is providing the income, uh, that is possible. And, you know, I'm an example of it. Many others are example of it, but you know, there's other ways to go about it. It's just that these challenges are, in my mind, they're actually kind of part of the fun of building a business and also part of the revelatory experience Yeah, that's available to you because yeah. you don't get this dream out of nowhere. And if it's coming from God, it's my belief that, that God will help you in the process of building this in a way that serves you. There's nothing that I have done in my businesses that didn't come from inspiration from God. He always was pointing me somewhere or giving me an idea of something to do, you know? So, and if you can recognize his hand in all things, one, you put yourself in a great place because that's where he wants you to be. He wants you to acknowledge him in all things. 
But that, where I say it's, it becomes a spiritual experience. When you can thank God each night for the inspiration he gave you to help you to figure out, okay, how am I going to make payroll this month? You know, and, and you get the idea, okay, we're going to do this. Like, I remember we, my brother with the real estate business, you know, we're getting towards the tail end. And so we needed another income boost. And uh, we had determined that for him to be successful in his real estate business, he needed to become an author. So we wrote a book and then we figured, you know what, why don't we resell that book to some of our users that want to have a book and be an authority as well. And we sold, you know, 60, 60 people on becoming authors that we ghostwrote the, wrote the, the book for them. Right. And so that created an immense amount of income. And that was just from one little idea that God gave us, you know, and that came interestingly through questions. And this is where I think it's really important for you to find a partner of, in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be a business partner. It could be a coach. It could be just somebody that agrees to mentor you. Um, don't try and, and do this self-employment entrepreneur thing on your own. Because if you didn't pick up on it, there's no point in time that I'm doing this all on my own. I can't learn all the lessons on my own. God knows that. So he throws people in front of me that will teach me and help me. But, you know, for me, I was fortunate that I had a brother that I could trust with my life. You know, and that's such a good point. I found that, uh, you know, it's part of the reason why I you know, I have a coach, I have a couple coaches and other people that I connect with because there's a lot of, I think a lot of the revelation comes through the interaction of those conversations that you have with other people and, and just knowing that God wants to place in your life, the right people to help you fulfill whatever you're trying to create. So, sure. and if you don't have a lot of extra money and you're looking, you're saying, but how do I fill that role then Ryan? Because I don't have money for a coach. Right. In your stake, or even possibly even your word, there's probably a successful business owner. And they were the one thing that you'll you'll know or learn if you don't know it already about entrepreneurs is they're some of the most giving people you'll ever meet. Because someone had to give to them along their journey. And so they love to give to other people. And so if you find someone in your ward or in your stake, you could ask them to, if they would mind mentoring you. And I guarantee you, they'd be more than happy to do that. And that means you can kind of go to them and bounce some ideas off, off them, and they'll be able to give you a, a sounding board. And they may, you may not get the best mentor. You may get a great mentor. But having somebody is going to be better than nothing because it's going to give you an opportunity to kind of think through things better when you have to present it to somebody than when you're just doing it yourself. To help you identify holes in your thinking and you know things that you got to do better. I love that, and I think it's uh, I think it's what that's something that it's unique about you know our, our culture and the church is that you really can find just about any ward will have an entrepreneur, and if not, there you put out the message and you'll have a connection somewhere. Yeah, then um, someone that's believes the same way that you do and is willing to share uh, their insights with you. I would <clears throat> back that statement up because that's 
very much how, how I am if anyone were to approach me for insight and help. So one thing that I'd ask you is besides maybe even at that point, what would you tell uh, would-be entrepreneurs that you wish someone had told you? Just the fact that you've got to get that education one way or another. So decide <laughs> how you're going to get it, you know, make it, make an intentional decision. And then you need to understand that being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur means being a, a constant student. You always have to be learning. There, there is never a point where I'm not trying to learn something new from somebody or something, you know, and really being an entrepreneur is, is really great if you love puzzles mm-hmm. because it is a bunch of problems that you're solving. And as you solve those problems better and better, then life gets nicer and nicer for you because you start to gain more and more leverage. But yeah, I would just say on the front side, you know, it is a spiritual experience. So make sure that you tap into God. You know, don't think that business is something that's not holy. And so you can't talk to God about it. God wants you to be successful because if you're successful and you know you're successful because of him, he can use you in his kingdom. Yeah. And so there's things that he can do with you that he may not be able to do with somebody else. So he'll, he'll have you to do that. And then those other things that I said. Yeah. So one thing that I think is unique about your experience, Ryan, that if you'd mind sharing is for our listeners, before we got on this call, Ryan, you know, Ryan told me about his experience in battling cancer. And so this, he had pain starting in May, 2020. So this is, you know, fairly recent. And now he's to the point where he's doing chemotherapy and other things like that. I'm I'm curious if there's, you know, either lessons or, or things that you would share about that experience having gone through it and in, in the middle of it. Yeah. Because of either pain or the effects of painkillers that, that, you know, you know, I'm prescribed right now, it's hard for me to think. Yeah. Um, I can do this verbal stuff like we're doing here for, you know, an hour or two, but I can't think the same way that I used to. And so I haven't really been able to work since May of 2020. But one of the things that happened, because God knows what's happening before we do, is he had helped me add team members to my team and make changes in my lineup that put me in a position where I was officially a business owner. I don't know if any of you guys have read the, the Quadrant book you know, by Kiyosaki. I forget what the name of it is, but it it has this four quadrants and one is entrepreneur, one is self-employed, one is business owner, and one is investor. Cash flow quadrant, that's what it's called. And so in this book, he explains that if you work for the, the business, then you're an entrepreneur, but you're still an employee. Oh, that's what it was. Employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. And so... I was really bummed to discover that I was self-employed and I wasn't a business <laughs> owner because this whole time I thought I was a business owner. But if the business is dependent upon you being there mm-hmm. and it's going to fail if you don't show up, then you're a bus- You're not a business owner. You're an employee of the business, but you're self-employed. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I want to be a business owner. But I had never gotten to that point because of the the way my team was was aligned and everything and so i had made a 
I had hired actually one of my brothers, another one of my brothers. He's like number 10, I think, in the group. <laughs> and uh, he came on and he helped me to be able to hire and, and change the team up in such a way that the team was independent of me and I didn't need to be there. So it was a really important thing that happened. And that happened in early 2020. So that when May came along and I started getting these incredible pains in my legs that just like they they caused me to not be able to sleep it was that bad so intense and for six months i battled with this pain you know and trying to take over-the-counter pain medicine and not destroy my liver and you know my intestines in the process Mm -hmm. and then i found out in november of 2020 that i had colon cancer and I hadn't been able to work this whole time because of the pain. And then when I got colon cancer, they finally got the pain under control. But the medicine that gets the pain under control also makes you drowsy and messes with your brain. So you can't quite think clearly. And so I still couldn't work. And yet because of the business and because I had gotten it to a point where it could run without me, I was able to step away and still get paid. And that was something God prepared for me ahead of time because I was on this path of being an entrepreneur. And you know, if I hadn't been there, I don't know what would have happened because you know, it's we're coming up on a year here of not being able to work. And for most people, that would destroy them financially. And for us, you know, we've been able to continue life as it was and and you know, it's just a real blessing. And so as I've gone through the chemotherapy, you know, I see a lot of parallels with business too, because the chemo sucks. You know, I'm not going to lie. It is terrible. And it makes me feel like I'm going to die. And I get to do that every other week. And then I get to where I'm feeling semi good. And then it starts over again. And so that's not fun. And I, there's no definite end to that yet for me. I have my hopes, but the doctor hasn't given me any clarity on when this process ends, but I have no other option, right? I, what am I going to do? Uh, stop chemo? If I stop chemo, then they're probably going to stop the pain management with me and the pain is intense and I can't do that. So I've got to do chemo. There's no other option for me. And you kind of have to have that mentality when you're, you're being a business owner is that there's no other option for you. If you feel so prompted and inclined to start a business, then you got to get into that mentality of I'm doing this, not if I'm doing this. And if you can, God will help you. I mean, if you look at anybody throughout the scriptures, they all had their backs against the wall. They all had one direction they could go, but they trusted God and God helped them. And it'll be no different for you. If you're prompted to go that way, find a way to go that way. And just know that God will have your back if you'll put in 100% effort. You can't go halfway and expect him to bail you out. That's not how it works. But if you'll go all in, I promise you, he'll have your back. And if you'll look for mentors, you know, if you look for partners that can help you along the way, you know, you'll be able to figure this stuff out. And you know, my recipe is you got to learn how to market. You got to pick a market that has money that they're willing to spend. You got to pick a business model that's going to make sense for you. I like recurring revenue business models. 
but then you have to also be willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that you care for the ones that you love and those that are helping you out in your dream. And uh, so that means you've got to get your hands dirty sometimes and go in there and do things you don't want to do. But I promise you that if you'll do those things, God will help you figure out what you don't know and you'll make it. Yeah. Well, Ryan, one last question for you. How has building a business strengthened your relationship with Christ? You know, it was actually, I had to get cancer to do that. I I had a pretty good relationship with Heavenly Father, but one of the problems that I may have adopted from being an entrepreneur is that I tried to do a lot of things on my own and not let Christ come in and help. And uh, as, as I faced cancer, I finally faced something I couldn't figure out and do on my own. And I realized that I had let Christ help me with repentance and forgiveness, but I hadn't let him help me with a lot of other things, things that he was waiting to help me with. And so with cancer, I had this renewed sense of, I need help. And so I asked him for help in a way that I'd never asked for help before. And uh, he did not disappoint, but that, that caused me to recognize that there were so many times when I would try and just do it myself. Like I've got a problem that I, in my character, that's a deficit and I know it needs to change. And so I'll change it and then I'll go to Heavenly Father for help. You know, he'll, he'll help me with the rest of it. You know, what I can't do. And that's a total misunderstanding of Christ and what his role is. He is there to partner with you. And much like I said, you need a mentor. Christ is the ultimate mentor. And he wants to be with you each step of the way. So if there's a deficit in your character that needs fixing, you go to him first, not last. And he'll help you along the way. He'll help you to figure it out. And Sometimes he'll even change your heart. And that's been my experience with him. Love that. Well, Ryan, if anyone wants to you know, connect with you, where would you tell them to go? Probably easiest on Facebook. Yeah. Just uh, my name is Ryan with the letter J. Chapman. So that's my Facebook handle. You can find me there. If you're on Twitter, you can find me on the same one and uh, try and connect with me there. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I stand for everyone in saying that my prayers are with you and uh, in going through this current challenge that you're facing and what a, a great blessing it was just to hear your, your insights and just your spirit of connecting with, with God and with Christ uh, along the journey. I think that's such a, a helpful message that we all need to hear and apply. So thank you for coming on and sharing all this. My pleasure. Awesome. We'll talk to you later. That was a great interview with Ryan. And one thing that I see with my clients as well as my own experiences, I didn't grow up with, with an entrepreneur Nuriel dad. I, I had my dad's a seminary teacher. And so I may have done like newspaper routes and and I also had like a lawnmower business uh, when I was a teenager, much like Ryan did. But what you may have struggles with is actually thinking you're an entrepreneur. And I want you to recognize that if you have the desires to be an entrepreneur, and you start believing that you are an entrepreneur, 
even if you're even if you're just thinking about how you can improve the business that you're in and the in the company that you're in that that is a way in which you are entrepreneurial but i think it's important for you to start identifying as an entrepreneur so that you can start making some of these changes so that you can start taking some action in creating the business that's on your mind and in your heart. And if you struggle with these actions, if you struggle in getting clients, if you struggle with creating time for the business, that's when you can come to me. Like, that's what I'm here to help all of you to do. And these stories are a place for you to be inspired to recognize that the end is possible, that there are people that have come before you, that they they have created businesses from ideas that they've been inspired by. And you are in the same, same place. You have an idea, you want to pursue it, and you just need to learn the skills to be able to make that a reality. I can help you. You can sign up for a free call where we can talk about how to make that happen, how you can start applying the very simple skills to start having time for the business, to start creating clients immediately so that you can make this shift, so that you can start making this dream a reality, so that you can start this business who for who knows how long you've been thinking about it, but you know it's within you, you know it's something you want to do, and that is enough to move on. And just like Ryan showed through his example and his experience, it is something that God wants for you and is his calling to you. So go to entrepreneursofchrist.com where you can sign up for a free call. That's entrepreneursofchrist.com and you can sign up for a time and we can have that chat. All right, we'll talk to you there, guys. Bye.